You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, episode 270. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Cantors. I help professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. You can learn more about our coaching programs at thecmethod.com. Now, I was working with a client recently, and she's been with her company for over 20 years, and she's very well respected in her senior management position. And a lot of the work we've been doing is helping her to know her value and to speak up and to articulate what she's worth. And she said to me, you know, Christina, I'm really proud of what I've achieved in my career, but I know that if I had spoken my value and been more assertive about asking for what I wanted, I would have progressed much quicker. Now, this is something that I see a lot with the people that I work with and also the people who come to my workshops and webinars. And I want, to th- I want you to think about if this is something you experience. Do you talk yourself and your achievements down or worry that you sound like you're bragging if you do? Maybe you get anxious about asking for a raise or a promotion and instead maybe you sit back and wait for the opportunity that potentially never comes. If that sounds like you, then you need to listen to this episode. From what I've seen with my clients and from my my own experience in corporate, as well as running my own successful businesses, I know that being able to sell yourself and your value is absolutely critical for getting the recognition, the opportunities and the salary that you deserve. And that's what you'll learn how to do in this episode. I'm re-sharing a conversation I had with Trudy Rankin, who is an online business guru and also a good friend of mine. She's passionate about helping people to build their very own online businesses, which she does through her program, Online Business Liftoff. She also has a fabulous podcast called Online Business Launchpad, similar name, not to be confused with the business, that's Online Business Launchpad. So if you're thinking of making the transition to your own business, it's a great starting point. So make sure you check out that podcast. Now, I originally shared this conversation in episode 105, and that episode has since been only available as premium content for members of the C-Method Academy. But because it is so important and this topic just keeps coming up for me with the people I work with, I want to share it again publicly here. If you want access to over 200 episodes such as this one, be sure to join the C-Method Academy, which is our members-only training and accountability program. You can join at thecmethod.com slash join. Okay, you ready to start selling yourself with confidence? Let's meet Trudy Rankin. In my younger days, when my children were small, I had a number of micro-businesses and one of my businesses was selling Tupperware. And I discovered really, really quickly that I really struggled with selling. Um, I felt embarrassed to ask people to buy. I, and I ended up in a situation where at one stage I actually ended up giving away something that was quite valuable because I was too embarrassed to ask somebody to pay for it. Oh, no. And, and, I, and, I, <laughs> and I just thought, whoa, how can you be a business person um, if, if you're afraid to, to ask for the value of the thing that you've, you're offering. And, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily, when you're selling something, it doesn't necessarily have to be 
for money. It might be you might be trying to influence an outcome. You might be wanting to uh, get a promotion. You might be wanting to convince somebody to do something that's really, really, really important, either to you or to the business or to your family or something. And I just thought, my goodness, you know, I, I have to, I have to understand why I don't feel comfortable selling. Um, and how, how can I get over this? Because you can't run a business like that. Mm. So just to be clear before we move on, when we talk about selling, we're not just limiting it to if you're a business owner and you're selling a product or a service. So this also applies to you if you are employed, you know, if you're a high achieving professional and you want to get to that next level, you still have to sell in inverted commas, you still have to sell yourself to get those promotions or um, get that project or whatever it is. You might even be presenting to, to an external client of the business. So all of this is relevant. So just so just keep that in mind when we when we use the term selling. Now, Trudy, you told me that, that this is an issue for a lot of women specifically. Why is that? It is an issue for a lot of women, and it is actually an issue for some men as well. Not doesn't tend to be such an issue for men, but but it can be. And I think for, so for a number of reasons, um, it can be because we have these stories that go on in our heads. First of all, we're socialized to um, give of ourselves. We're socialized to sort of, um, we're, we're the support person. I, and this isn't true of every woman, right? Okay. This is, but this is true of certainly my background, sort of my generation for many, many women that I've seen and spoken to young and older. And, and we are just simply socialized to, to not ask for sales, not be the person who's out there trying to influence. Um, and and that 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 can create uh, if we don't see role models around us that make it easy for us to to take a leadership role or to try and and achieve the things that we want to achieve by using means that men use naturally every day makes it very very difficult. So that's one reason. The other reason is is that you know these little voices in our heads that say, well, if I try to sell people something or if I try to do that and I, I might fail or something, they're not going to like mm, me they anymore. They might say no. Or they might say it's no. It's a rejection. And it's a rejection, mm. it's a rejection sort of thing because we attach rejection to they don't like me, whereas a lot of men attach re a rejection to, oh, they just didn't like that idea. Okay, I'll come up with another one. And so women particularly have a problem um, – not every woman, but many women have a problem with this, just this mental voice in their head that, that just stops them. It seems like they're sort of tied to, well, they link the product or whatever it is they're selling with themselves personally. Yes. Whereas men have a tendency to, it's just about the product or that thing that's being sold. Mm, that's just, correct. Can we just go back to your story? So you found yourself, you know, giving things away for free, being really um, shy of asking people to pay what was the true value of what you were selling. So what did you then do to overcome this? It's taken. It's actually taken quite a while because um, I then went into the corporate world and, and sort of built up a lot of experience. And what were you doing in the corporate world? So I became a chief information officer, a senior manager um, working with, with technology um, in innovative ways, trying to, to make the company more effective or more efficient or to be able to achieve their goals a little bit better. And so the first thing you have to do is you have to build up confidence in your own abilities. You have to get out there and, and prove to yourself, mostly to yourself, it doesn't always have to be to others, but prove to yourself that you can do things that you're capable. Um, and one of the things, and I did some research as well, one of the interesting pieces of research I came across quite some time ago, and I can't remember the reference, was that for women, especially when they're young, 
if they try new things, especially leadership type activities or behaviors, if they're not immediately rewarded for that attempt, they will give it up and they won't try again. And it carries on into our adult lives. So women in the workforce, if they try a new behavior that might be a leadership behavior or, or an innovation behavior, something that's a little bit different to what they would normally do, if they're not rewarded, they won't try again. And that's a generalization, obviously. But, but it was an interesting point because, like once again, for many, many men, not every man, but many men, they'll try something it doesn't work. So what? They'll try again. They'll try something different. And, and and there's just something, I don't know, once again, I don't know if it's because we're socialized or whether it's innate, we need that reward recognition mm. thing for us that to validation. want to try, the validation in order mm. to try again. So so I was I was really lucky. I was able to get some validation along the way as I, as I sort of worked my way up the corporate ladder. And I came across a, a framework that I found really, really useful because in my corporate life, I was doing my best to become a really good manager. I wanted to be a really excellent manager. And there were some things that I was struggling to do. And part of that was to be able to demonstrate my value to my bosses, to my superiors, to the people who made decisions about what we were going to work on or what, whether I'd get a promotion or not. Um, and I came across something that's it's a, it's got a couple of different names. Um, and it was originally developed by some people called, um, they're named Robert Keegan and Lisa Leahy, and it was reported in the HBR or the Harvard Business Review many years ago. And it's something called competing commitments, or I call it the five whys. And so when you look at what you're doing and what you're trying to do, say you're trying to achieve a specific outcome, and you keep failing, it just isn't working, what you do is you sit down and you go, well, what is it that I'm trying to achieve? Why am I not achieving it? And you try to sort of basically break down the reasons why. And there can be several. There can be quite a few reasons. And then you look at those and you go, well, why is that? Why is it like that? So can you take us through those? Yeah, sure. Those different whys. Yeah, sure. And well, they, they're actually it, they're all the same why. Okay, it's, it's the same why. I'll give you an example. Um, I was wanting to get a, a promotion. Okay, and I wasn't getting the traction that I or the recognition that I thought I needed to get in order to get that promotion. And I worked in, in a group setting. I actually worked my way through this this competing commitments or whatever. And it was as well. Why am I not able to? Well, we don't have the money. Or, and and I'm not being recognized for what I'm doing. Why am I not being recognized? Um, and and then you basically, I worked my way through the, I'd ask myself why five times. Every time I'd come up with a reason, I would ask myself why. And the reason you keep asking why is because you want to actually dig down to the very core reason. And when I dug down to the very core reason, the reason I wasn't making progress was because I was looking for validation from a father figure. Mm. And it became very personal. And it was like, whoa, where did that come from? And then I had to sit back and think, well, my father was a great father. He was a really fantastic father. He's a GP, but he was always away looking after patients. And so he wasn't there when, you know, when you look for that validation and, mm. and you don't get it, coming back to what I said about women and validation. And so what I had to do is I had to go, well, that is the real reason why. It's because my behaviors are actually taking me I'm actually trying to get validation with my behaviors uh, around that father figure type thing instead of actually doing the things that I needed to do to progress the piece of work so that 
these boss figures could go, wow, look at what she's done. Absolutely, she's the right person for the job. And I was sabotaging myself doing mm. that. And you can, you can use this framework in any number of different sort of situations. You can use it if you're trying to, to get out there and sell. You can use it to, to discover whether or not the reason you're not being able to sell is because you are afraid somebody will say, oh, I don't like you anymore, or, oh, that's slimy, why are you trying to sell me, or all the different things that we end up telling ourselves, and we can come to the real reason why, and then you can address that reason. Um, and if you can understand why you're struggling, and if you can build your confidence by really truly developing expertise um, so that you are confident uh, you have to be really, really confident in yourself. Women especially are like this because, uh, you know, if a woman looks at a, a job advertisement and she looks at all the different criteria, if she can't tick off at least, you know, 90 to 100 percent, she go, no, I can't do the job. Whereas most guys will go, oh, I can do 60 percent of that, so mm. I'm going to apply. <laughs> and, and they're quite confident that they should be able to get the job because there's an expectation that they'll just make it up on the fly. Yeah. Women, women tend not to do that. So you have to be really confident in yourself. Can I um, try this, the why framework? Sure. So just so that it's clear in my head. So something that I've always struggled with for some reason is launching these online products. And people who are listening to this will know that I've just recently uh, launched a, a training program around overcoming public speaking anxiety. And this is stuff that I've been planning to do for the last couple of years and I just haven't done it. And everything else seems okay. Like I can go out there, I can speak to 500 people, I can coach people, I can run workshops, I'm totally fine. I can put the podcast out, I can sing on the street, I can do all these things. But creating these online products really was, I was just stalling on them. So the first step there would be, would you say, why why am I stalling? Yes, why are you stalling? And then I would say, I think back to the first one I did, I'd be like, because I don't know what what product to do, what product to create. And then you go, why, why don't I know what product okay, to so create? Why do I not know what product to create? Because I have so many different things I could create a product about. Then you, you would probably just adjust a little bit. Why are you not able to prioritize mm. one of those things? Why can I prioritize that one thing? Because um, if I do, it means I have to do it. <laughs> So the real reason is that you don't want to do the work. And, and but, but I know that's not the real reason. It's not the real reason. It's not the real reason. Because the real reason, it comes down to what if I put it out there and no one buys it? Exactly. That's the issue. And, and then you have to ask, why does that matter to you? Because if no one buys it, it's a direct reflection on me because I created it. And it means that what I have to share is no good. Exactly. And then you have to – and then – you look if you look at that statement. Mm. What are the assumptions in there? The assumption is that no one will buy it, and the assumption is that it's a direct reflection of my actual value. And and you th and they'll think that it's no good, or that you're no good. Yeah. So why would you think that? Why would I think that I'm no good? Because it's hard to see your own value. When it's something that you do all the time and that you're good at, yes, it's it's really hard to look at yourself from an outsider's perspective. Exactly, and so you know when you get it down to that precise of a definition from the why questions, then you can go, well, what can I do about that? 
And mm. you've already done a little bit towards that in that you said, well, actually, I had to recognize that something that's easy for me is hard for other people. Mm. And therefore, I have to understand that they're putting value on something that I can offer, even though I might not value it quite so much myself because it's easy for me. And I've had the same thing happen to me. You know, I've, I've, I've actually provided services to somebody who told me in no uncertain terms that that I was not asking enough money for the service that I was providing. And I went, uh, what? Um, and, and basically had to, had to actually go through that learning process to say, well, actually, but it was so easy for me. I feel embarrassed to ask any more money and they're going, <laughs> but it's super hard for me. And, mm. and I, I am happy to pay that amount of money, this amount of money, not the amount of money you asked for, but this amount of money, because it's going to make my life a whole lot easier. And that comes back to the, to the whole, that whole value component of selling. And that is, is that it, it makes it so much easier to be confident about it if you can see the value that you're providing to somebody else and you can see that they appreciate the value that they're getting. Um, and then it doesn't feel slimy or icky when you actually think of it in terms of selling because it, it's not selling. You're trading value, value for value. And it might be a dollar value or it could be some other kind of value. It could be an influence value. It could be a, uh, you know, you might be a, um, you might be a, a, a deal, like a deal maker type of a person where you're actually putting two people together and getting them to go off and create value. Mm. So does that, does that help you understand the, the framework? Yeah. A yeah. little bit? Sort of diving in deeper. It does take a lot of self-awareness though. It does. It does. Well, you can, you can sometimes do this. Like I said, you can do it with somebody else. Like a great activity would be to sit down with your best friend or somebody who's not afraid to to not put up with your BS mm. and just tell you what's what and actually walk you through this process. So this sheet that you've got here with that framework on it, is mm-hmm. that a download on your site? Uh, no, I, but I will put it up on my site and I'll also give you a link. Oh, great. As well, so that, you know, if people want to download it, they can they can download it. It's just a really, really useful framework. Okay. Can you just read out some of the questions that are on there? Sure. Because we talked a lot about like the why and the why and go deeper into the why, but you've got some different things written there. Yeah. So, so basically you have to, you have to be able to articulate what you're committed to. So, you, you know, I'm, you have to write down, I'm really committed to the value or the importance of something that you're, you're trying to do, or you're really serious about something that you're trying to do. And you have to be able to write that down. Um, and then you, what is it that you're doing or not doing that's preventing your desired commitment from being fully realized? So the thing that you're wanting to achieve yep. so what's isn't holding happening. You what's holding you back? Yep. And then you ask yourself, are you also committed to something else? So that, of course, is where the competing commitments comes in. So in my case, my competing commitment was I want father figure recognition. And that was my competing commitment. Mm. And so and so you were committed to something else, which was actually sabotaging your other exactly. efforts. Yeah. So the other way of asking that is what's your secret number one worry if you actually do achieve your commitment, but you don't achieve your competing commitment. That makes any mm. sense. And then, and then you have to, you know, ask, well, what's your big assumption that's underlying all of this thing? And, and that's where you, you typically, by the time you get that far down, you sort of get in, start to get into the, into the meat of what it is that's actually stopping you from achieving what you want to achieve. Mm. And that takes bravery to go deep into that because you will uncover some things that you may not want to think about or you may not want to admit to yourself. But exactly. If you want to make progress, this is the hard stuff that you got to do. Yes. Yeah. And both like both Trudy and I have, have gone through this and sometimes you just need to be broken. Yes. And then you can start to 
repair and, and move forward. And you can do it in an intelligent and a, a very caring, careful way because you do have to look after yourself as a, like you look after everybody else. And as a woman, you typically tend to look after other people. Why wouldn't you look after yourself in the same caring and compassionate way as you would as somebody else? One thing that you mentioned before was about understanding the value that you offer to others and seeing it through their eyes. Do you have some suggestions on what people can actually do in order to look at themselves from an external perspective and to build, start, start to build that confidence in, in your own abilities and value? Yes, it's a, it's a really short answer and it does make some people a bit uncomfortable, but you have to ask people. You actually have to go out there and ask and you don't have to do it in a, oh, look at me sort of a way. You can, you can phrase your questions in, in such a way that people can make it non-personal and, and just reflect on the value. But I don't know any other way that's as, as effective as face-to-face sitting in front of somebody and saying, what is the value that I bring to this relationship or, or what value are you getting out of the services that I provide? So, for example, I, I have a joint partnership um, with somebody and we work with women over 40 who are, who are trying to figure out their next career step. And a lot of them have issues with confidence. And we, we've gone back out to, them, to the people who are on the email list and said, you know, what is it that you really need? What are you looking for? And it wasn't necessarily the information product that we were providing. It was a listening ear somebody to sit down and validate their thinking and help just guide them, just help to open their eyes to other possibilities. Um, So go back to the people that you're interacting with or go back to your customers and just ask them, what does that value look like to you? And you're going to be surprised because oftentimes the value that you thought you were providing is not what they appreciate. Mm. They actually appreciate things that that are invisible to you. um, And it's really a useful exercise to do that. One thing that I share Fairly frequently, it's something I learned from a life coach friend of mine, Christopher Browning. I interviewed him really early on in the podcast. And one thing that he says to do is to ask people who know you well, ask them, number one, what do I do well? And number two, why is this important to you? And I do this sometimes and I've I've shared this story before, but I love it. Uh, So I'll share it again. I had one lady in Holland write back to me and say, I think you play the ukulele well. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And she said, and this is important to me because it shows me that you don't have to be serious to be a successful entrepreneur and that you can be silly and be yourself. And she said, you've inspired me to start my own business. And I was like, oh, my goodness. That was huge. Mm. And so to me, I'm just playing the ukulele for a bit of fun on the show and to you know, show people that, hey, I'm learning as well. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea it would have such a profound impact on people. So it's a really, really good exercise to do. I can't recommend it enough. Those are fantastic questions. They really are. Because mm. it helps people to sort of drill it down into one thing. And I've had people, friends of mine do this, and one guy even sent out a survey monkey to a bunch of people saying, mm-hmm. what's one thing that I do well? And he compiled it all into a spreadsheet and then he sent the spreadsheet back to me. And he said, I've learned all these things about myself. I had no idea. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, can we talk about having those actual sales conversations? Because it's all well and good to talk about, okay, see your value, build up your confidence, like see what the value that you bring to others and and ask yourself these why questions. But when you're actually talking to someone face-to-face and saying to them, this is how much it costs or this is how much of a raise I want, you know, whatever it is you're asking for, what tips do you have for people in terms of having those actual conversations? 
Yeah, so a couple of tips. Uh, you know, the first thing that you have to do is you actually do have to have a, a realistic understanding of the value that you bring. So if you're asking for a raise, how, what value are you adding to the company? You know, are you are you helping your boss achieve their goals? Are you helping your boss's boss achieve their goals? Um, and and if you if you're not, if you just think you deserve a raise, and but you're not helping them achieve their goals, then you, you know you're not going to have much of a show of getting a raise. You also have to do your research. You have to understand, you know, that whole thing about you know economics. What can the market bear? And there's always there's usually a bit of a broad range, um, you know, in terms pricing ranges in terms like if you're selling a product or a service. Like if I if I was to say to you, hey, you know, I do consulting, um, and I do it in this specific area, and it's I'm five thousand dollars a day. Thank you very much. Well, you in your business, you kind of go, well, I don't really think I need. Mm. I don't need that service, um, and I couldn't afford that much money anyway. But if I say to you, if I say to you, look, let's just take graphic designers as an example, um, as a service that I actually hire and I use. Mm. The range can range between sort of thirty dollars, depending an hour, depending on how experienced they are, up to sixty dollars an hour, up to hundred dollars an hour if they're really, really super, super good. Um, and and that range, you sort of can't get. That's a pretty wide range, but mm. you're not going to go. Well, I'm going to charge you $2,000 an hour to do graphic design. It just doesn't work. Um, so you have to have done your research. You have to understand what, what's possible. But the most important thing is, and, I, and this is another, uh, it's, a, it's a book that I read when I first started out my business, and it's called Millionaire Consulting by Alan Weiss. Oh, I love um, that book. Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? It's amazing. It's just really amazing. And it's W. W E I S, yeah. Um, but it's, if it's million the German dollar, million dollar million dollar consulting, yeah. yeah. And he focuses on on the value part of it. You know, basically, what is the value that you're bringing to this this organization that you're helping out with your expertise and your your intelligence, um, and base your pricing on the value that you're bringing. But you have to, in order to be able to do that, as I've discovered, mm. you have to know your customer well enough to understand. What are they trying to do? What does success look like for them? What does that value add look like for them? And how much can they afford to pay? Mm. So there's tactics that you use to try and get them to say kind of what's their budget and, you know, what are, what are you know, and then you have to be able to say, well, actually, if, if I provide this service for you and it makes this change in your business and it actually helps you 10 times your revenue, well, it's going to be worth a lot to you and, and let, you know, maybe I'll add a little bit of, of, I'll, I'll actually take on some of the risk and, and I'll carry some of that risk. But just taking a value-based approach um, really, mm. really does help. And focusing on those results, instead of saying, this is what I'll do, instead of saying like, oh, I'll do a logo for you or I'll design a logo, that's the what. But if you actually share the results and go, as a result, you will have better brand recognition, um, you'll be more relevant to whatever industry that you're in and then mm. this, you know, that sort of result is is super valuable and that's going to be much more effective than saying oh, I'll do a logo because exactly. anyone can do a logo mm. but not everyone can turn your brand into something really special yes that's right so instead of task focused mm. it's outcome focused outcome focused absolutely yeah. I believe that we're coming up to the end of our chat, Trudy, but it's been amazing talking to you about this. Do you have any other nuggets that you want to share with the audience before we wrap up? Just in terms of that whole confidence building thing, it's important to, to remember that, you know, when you're a baby, you didn't start running sprints straight away. You had to learn how to turn over, then you learned how to crawl, then you learned how to walk, and then you learned how to run. Um, and when you're when you're building your selling muscles, whether you're trying to sell for dollars or you're trying to 
get outcomes by or influence or whatever, you have to practice. You do have to practice and you need to, you do need to ask for feedback. If so, if you're trying something, so coming back once again, if we know as women that we need that validation feedback, why not build it into your, your process? So try something, ask for feedback, Mm. try something, ask for feedback. And don't, don't make the mistake that I made early on in my career, which was, oh, if I'm doing a fantastic job, they're going to tell me. They don't. Mm. You actually have to ask for feedback and find out. Now, a really super good manager is going to actually try and recognize um, the activities of the people around them. But you have to remember that it's always going to be through their eyes. And so if you try something thinking this is going to be fantastic and it doesn't fit what they're trying to do, they're not going to notice and reward you for that. And so you're not going to get the feedback. And so you might not try that again. But you might have needed that skill set in the job. You're going to have two jobs from now. So you need to ask feedback in a specific way. So be very specific about, about asking, well, I tried this. How did that help? Was it, you know, could I have done it better or whatever? So that would, that'd be the one piece of advice that I would give. Fantastic. Love it. If people want to find out more about you and what you do, where can they go? I know you've got a few different businesses. The best place to go, um, you can either look at my LinkedIn profile, which is Trudy Rankin on, on LinkedIn, or you can go to West Island Digital, all one word, dot com. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Trudy. A big thanks to Trudy Rankin for sharing her wisdom with us on the podcast. You can learn more about Trudy at westislanddigital.com or at onlinebusinessliftoff.com. And also make sure you subscribe to her podcast, Online Business Launchpad. I'm going to share with you a little secret. I may also be a guest on that podcast in the coming weeks. So make sure you subscribe. If you found this episode valuable, then please do share it with a friend or a colleague, someone who you think would also benefit from being able to sell themselves in a confident way. And finally, if you want to get access to over 200 episodes such as this one, as well as masterclasses and monthly webinars with myself, be sure to join the C-Method Academy, which is our members-only training and accountability program, which will help you take your communication, your leadership skills, and your confidence to the next level. Go to thecmethod.com slash join. Thanks for spending some time with me today, Rockstar. Keep on being awesome, stay safe and well, and I'll talk to you next week. I'm Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.